Ask for a favor. Uh huh. Can I hear you say, come on? Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Listen, I love Drew Brown from Pittsburgh. Come on. But his friends are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not ramping down. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Thank you. God bless. And come on. And away we go with episode 16 of the Come On Network podcast, and it is the debut of our Steelers Reaction podcast episodes. As always, thanks for the subscribe, the streams, the downloads, the ratings, and reviews. We'd appreciate any feedback that you give us, and you can leave that wherever you see fit. And of course, we always appreciate you tuning into the Come On Network podcast. You can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get and consume your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or another. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Twitch for gaming streams at Come On Network. That's Come On, C-O-M-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K on Twitter, IG, and Twitch. You can also find us on the web, comeon.network. There you can find blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the podcast episodes, Learn more about our team and much more, including merch that is coming very soon. Today's episode is our first Steelers reaction show, and we're here to break down the opening night win for you from last night, 26-16 over the Giants on Monday Night Football, as the Steelers start with a W. Our thoughts are on the website, comeon.network as well, but let's get right into it. Donnie Chedrick, Jack Hillgrove, Joe Smeltzer alongside, I'm Kyle Dawson. The Steelers on a victory Tuesday, guys, start 1-0 for the first time since 2017. I guess we'll start by opening the floor. Just our general thoughts on this contest, a pretty good win for the Steelers last night. Pretty much how we expected it to go. Uh, We expected the Steelers to win, and they did. We expected the defense to play well, and it definitely played well. Uh, We expected there to be some kinks early on, and there were. And I think Roethlisberger's performance was pretty much what we expected um, as well. Ben didn't do anything spectacular, but he did uh, what he had to do to win the game. So I wouldn't call it a great win. Um, you know, the Steelers are clearly a better team than the New York Giants, I think. And uh, they didn't do anything, I think, above and beyond what was expected of them tonight. Um, but you can't really complain with anyone in the National Football League. The Steelers were supposed to take care of business. They took care of business, and that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, when it comes to uh, opinions on the Steelers, Mark Madden uh, of 105.9 The X kind of uh, stirs some debate, especially when it comes to Juju Smith-Schuster. But uh, he was on a clip earlier I saw on Twitter, and he kind of hit the nail on the head. He thought the Steelers were going to cover – uh, and he thought the Steelers would obviously win, but it wasn't going to be a dominant win of any sorts. Uh, and that's what it was. Pittsburgh did what it needed to do last night to obviously secure the victory. And uh, my biggest takeaway, other than Ben Roethlisberger looking relatively sharp, especially in the second half and his return, um, the defense p- didn't miss a beat. They picked up right where they left off from last season. The difference was obviously the offensive play. The woes, I think, of Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph flip-flopping at the quarterback position, I think, are gone, and that hopefully are gone, and that showed. 
because the defense, while it was dominant, what that lacked last year were points in production from the offense. Can't count how many times that we relied as fans on the defense to uh, win us football games, win Steelers fans and the Pittsburgh football games. Um, that didn't need to happen tonight. The offense was moving. Uh, a couple of plays would accumulate good plays, and the offense had some momentum under its feet, uh, and that's what this team needs. And I think that's the difference. We talked about it earlier uh, in some preview podcasts that – the Steelers might get to 11, 12 wins. Well, that's how they're going to do it this year, and uh, I don't see any complaints because, as you said, Joe, win's a win in the National Football League. My biggest key going into this game was Saquon Barkley being limited, and the Steelers did that and then some. Uh, this guy could go on to have a Hall of Fame career, and we could look back at this game as being his worst game on the ground in his entire NFL career. 15 carries for six yards. I think he had seven negative carries in the first half alone. And I know that's not all his fault, but the Steelers' defense was all over him. There were times where he would barely get the handoff, and I would see four white jerseys in the backfield. Uh, so the, the rush def defense could not have been better uh, Monday night. Could use some work against the pass, you know, but, but some things happened, and Daniel Jones was able to make some plays. Uh, Big Ben – Rusty at first, we all expected that. Uh, he ended up having a pretty solid night. And whenever you look at his numbers, it's kind of funny to think, oh, that's a pretty solid game for Ben. And that was better than any quarterback performance we saw from the 2019 Steelers. 229, three touchdowns, no picks. Also, the first time since 2008 that Ben Roethlisberger had zero interceptions in week one. At the end of the 2008 season, they were raising the Lombardi Trophy. I thought uh, to echo a lot of what you guys have already said. Number one, I, I didn't, I said in our commentary on the website, again, that's available for you at comeon.network on any device that gets internet. Um, in our commentary, I said that I didn't think Ben had to be great tonight and he wasn't necessarily great by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought he was wild at the very beginning of the game. He kind of settled in, knocked off the jitters, knocked off the rust a little bit. I think Jack said that in his commentary piece, um, for the website, but I, I thought he was really good after that. And, and the couple of touchdowns to Juju Smith-Schuster, the touchdown to James Washington was a really good effort play by Washington at the end of the play uh, to get into the end zone. But, but Ben throwing three touchdowns, having no interceptions and kind of looking like the old gunslinger that he used to be, uh, you know, kind of in his prime to a degree before the injury uh, is certainly a good sign for football fans. Uh, a couple of things uh, off the top of my head as we recap this win in, in the Meadowlands, uh, you feel gutted a little bit for Stefan Wisniewski and, and Zach Banner. Those guys worked their asses off, especially Zach Banner. Uh, listen, I'm not saying he's the greatest right tackle in the history of football, but uh, to, to see Zach Banner after the offseason that he had and the tribulations that he had to get that job at right tackle go down with what looks like it could be a, a pretty serious injury, and at least the early reports are as we're recording this a couple hours after the game aren't looking very good for Stefan Wisniewski. Um, that's something to keep in mind as well with the peck injury. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind, the defense was really good. And we'll talk about this when we get into our play of the game here between the four of us. And I'll go into it in much more detail. But I thought Bud Dupree was awesome tonight. Uh, and the play he made on the 19th play of the drive at the beginning of the third quarter with the Giants on the field was exceptional to get the tip and force that interception for Cam Hayward near the goal line that put a stall to 
that Giants drive I thought was the turning point of the game. And uh, that defense was pretty good as usual. Maybe Steven Nelson looked a little bit worse than he did last year, but it would be hard to look a lot better or look a lot worse in general than he did last year because he was he was fantastic in 2019. And I thought Darius Slayton had a really good game for the Giants against Nelson for the most part. But uh, the defense was pretty solid, and I'm not at all surprised by that. So with that said, and the general thoughts kind of out of the way, and we'll go over those in more detail throughout the weeks as we go. And you'll also be able to check out our commentary for our immediate post-game uh, thoughts on the website, which we go into a little bit more detail on. Uh, with that in mind, let's move on. Uh, let's, guys, talk about our biggest takeaway of the game from this win in the Meadowlands and the win against the Giants here. What is your biggest takeaway from the game? Is, is it Ben? Is it, is it the running back situation with James Conner going down? What's the deal with your biggest takeaway for the game? I think my biggest takeaway is what you just uh, hit on with the offensive line. Um, as I said before, um, most of what happened tonight um, at MetLife Stadium were things that we kind of expected to go down. We definitely didn't expect two offensive linemen to uh, lead the game injured. Uh, that was a very uh, unpleasant surprise. And I think a unique thing in football is that if you have problems in your secondary or problems with your receiving core, problems with your running backs, problems even with your defensive line, that might lose some games. But if you have problems in your offensive line, people can get hurt. I think uh, we all remember uh, going back a while, um, the early part of Ben Roethlisberger's career when he had to be running for his life because the offensive line was so weak, that 08 Super Bowl team in particular. Um, given Ben's age and his current injury history, we can't afford to have him taking a bunch of hits. And if you have three offensive linemen injured that were supposed to be starting in your five offensive linemen, uh, that certainly increases the possibility of your quarterback taking hits. And obviously, the more hits you take, the more likely um, something bad is to happen um, with Ben Roethlisberger. So um, I think David DeCastro looks like he's going to be back pretty soon. That's good. Uh, the injuries to Banner and Lesniewski, uh do not look good at all. Those look like they could be multi-week things. And so overall, definitely a good night to be a Steeler fan, but certainly a somber note uh, with the injuries to Zach Banner and Stefan Wisniewski, especially considering uh, David DeCastro already has started the year injured. So you got to keep the line healthy. Simple as that. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway of the game is yours, Joe. It's the offensive line, and I think in a way it's fortunate for us as Steelers fans because when is the last time that Pittsburgh had an issue with the offensive line? It's been a while, and unfortunately that might be an Achilles heel moving forward. But to note a different um, uh, aspect of the game, a highlight of the game, I think it's Bud Dupree. Um, a lot of the question was, and it's – basically why I think upper management didn't sign him long-term this offseason was he was a first-round pick that had a slow start to his career, and 11 and a half sacks in 2019 was a breakout year for him. And I think that was a lot of the question with the upper management, and it certainly was from a fan's perspective. Can he do it again? And tonight, granted, I don't think our um, New York's offensive line is anything to write home about. I think it's probably near the bottom half, if not near the bottom third of the league uh, as far as talent goes. But he looked like he hadn't skipped a beat. And I just the way that I thought that he played his jump off the ball um, and off the snap and, you know, his hit from speed to power, uh, sacking the quarterback, sacking Daniel Jones. Um, I think he's in a good spot to replicate his success in 2019 and be a really, really good compliment piece off the edge with TJ Watt. Cause while TJ Watt didn't have, um, 
that good of a performance as far as bull rushing the quarterback against the Giants. He still made an interception and made an impact on defense. And I think that that combo of Dupree and Watt is going to be deadly again uh, in 2020. I think we just saw James Conner start his final week one game with the Pittsburgh Steelers because uh, even though last week I thought maybe James Conner comes back, uh, this might be the, the final straw, at least for me. Uh, listen, it takes nothing away from the story this guy has. We all know the story well enough. I mean, he's a warrior. Uh, he beat cancer. He was able to make it to the NFL. But you, you just can't pay somebody who cannot stay on the football field. He had six carries for nine yards tonight. Apparently has a sprained ankle, I believe is what the reports are. Uh, you know, there's some speculation out there that Mike Tallman just took his helmet away, that he benched him. But nonetheless, Benny Snell stepped in there and ran for almost six yards a pop, 19 carries for a buck 13. He was a big part in, in the Steelers' win. You know, he was able to grind away and take some time off the clock whenever the Steelers needed it. Uh, he even was able to break a pretty decent run for 30 yards uh, in the second half. So I, I think this game spelled doom for the rest of James Conner's Pittsburgh career because, quite honestly, with how many guys need paid, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Bud Dupree was a name that we just mentioned. I wouldn't pay a dime to have James Conner back because who knows when the dude's going to be on the field. Yeah, I think that's certainly a big storyline for me, too. I don't know that I buy into that Mike Tomlin took his helmet away. I will say that uh, if he did take the helmet away after five or six touches, I don't really understand that. Uh, James Conner's a guy that went healthy. I think he's looked really good over the course of his NFL career. The problem with that is I don't know that the when he's healthy is ever something that we can guarantee or expect from James Conner at this point. So I hope that it's nothing serious with James Conner. Uh, he, he's going to have to be able to stay on the field. If this uh, running game is going to be anything of substance over the course of the year, though, I did like what Benny Snell gave the Steelers tonight. Uh, in terms of a takeaway for me, and we talked about this a little bit on the Steelers preview episode, which you can get on whatever uh, platform you're listening to this podcast on. Go back and listen to our full extensive Steelers preview uh, that was episode 15. I think the biggest takeaway for me tonight is that the receivers room is going to get a very good quarterback back in Ben Roethlisberger and that receivers room is going to benefit really greatly off it. Uh, number one being Chase Claypool's first catch in the NFL was an absolutely phenomenal catch on the sideline. Again, went 28 yards or, or about that uh, for the former Notre Dame fighting Irish receiver. Uh, his catch was phenomenal there. They had a line of a half a catch on the fan morning show today before the game and I didn't understand at all I mean I guess he only had two catches and two targets but uh, I thought for sure that he would be involved in the offense uh, to a pretty drastic degree and, and he was good tonight James Washington I talked about his touchdown catch early uh, in this podcast episode I thought his effort on that touchdown was phenomenal uh, and frankly Deontay Johnson didn't have the greatest start to the game receiving or uh, taking the punt back he muffed the punt that the defense bailed him out on, and then he dropped a couple of passes, didn't look great. He ended up having 10 targets and six catches for 57 yards, so he kind of redeemed himself late. But the big guy to me is Juju Smith-Schuster, and we'll be probably mentioning him a bunch throughout the later part of this episode in our Steelers recap here. But six balls, 69 yards, 
Uh, two touchdowns, including a long of 17, and only had six targets. So he caught all the balls that he was thrown. Uh, and Eric Ebron, I think, is going to be a bigger part of this offense going forward. Vance McDonald, you know, Jalen Samuels, James Conner, whoever's coming out of the backfield uh, will be legitimate options for Ben, too. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is, is the receivers room, getting Ben Roethlisberger back. And, and let's see how that develops, because I think that's a really, really talented receivers room the Steelers uh, that they have. So with that said, let's turn things over to our next topic. It is the turning point or play of the game for each of us as we go on throughout. I give a feeling uh, throughout these podcast recaps, they might be a lot of the same. But with that said, Joe, I guess we'll start with you again, your turning point or your play of the game from tonight. Yeah, and I think this is probably going to be the same as uh, most, if not all of you guys. It's definitely Cam Hayward's interception. Um, the Giants had absolutely their best drive of the night, uh, just running down the field, third down conversions, Daniel Jones losing, using his legs to get first downs. And it looked like they would, at the very least, get a field goal. But then um, you mentioned Bud Dupree. He applies the pressure. Jones throws that ball, uh, a floating duck. And Hayward just uh, is the sealer to grab it. And I think before that, it was a tight game the Steelers maybe were outplayed a little bit I'd argue despite having a six-point lead uh but after that I think it was apparent that it was all Steelers and I believe the next drive ended with a Chris Boswell field goal and then not too long after Ben hit Juju in the end zone uh to seal the deal uh but it's probably going to be uh what I'd say at least two of you if not all three would say but definitely Cam Hayward's interception at the goal line uh really uh turned the game from a close one into a Steelers uh, pretty controlling victory. Yeah, I, not to beat a dead horse and not to repeat, but I think that's one of the, if not the biggest turning point of the evening because uh, it looked like the New York Giants might have made it a game. Um, that converting on long third downs and 19 play drive down to the goal line, I, I don't know how many teams don't score um, on a drive like that, especially where they were at the field at the end um, and the expression always goes bad teams find ways to lose close games uh, the New York Giants had I think 27 new players out of 53 on the roster uh, in 2020 they're a bad team and they found ways to lose close games well I thought the Steelers played a better football game overall um, that's how that that's where that description fits um, and it was funny sitting around with my buddies down here at Waynesburg uh, as Daniel Jones dropped back to pass I said well watch them throw an interception here how funny would it be if they threw an interception here and Daniel Jones tossed up a wounded duck and the big man number 97 came down with it a good play and uh yeah I think that was probably the game defining moment because it really solidified that uh the Giants were the inferior team uh on Monday night and he tossed up a wounding duck because Bud Dupree made a phenomenal play off the edge so I'm gonna go with the same play uh because it's kind of hard to dispute that but, again, I mean, the, the Giants were putting together a juggernaut-type drive. Uh, it was 18 plays. That was the 19th play on the drive. And a uh, shout-out to the Counting Crows. But Mr. Jones was striking up a couple conversations on his way down the field. And it finally hit a point where the Steelers' goal line defense struck again. You know, they bailed out Deontay Johnson after the muff punt. And on the biggest drive of the game, they were able to make a play Yet again, and another big thing about that drive that I don't know if we've touched, it was a 16-10 to 10 game. The Giants very well could have taken the lead with a touchdown there, 
but the Steelers stopped and went back the other way. And it was basically a 10 point swing after making the field goal. So that ended it right there. In my opinion, the Steelers had it uh, once the Giants had their best drive, what could be the best drive of the season statistically and was not, we're not able to put up any, any points at all. Cam Hayward just said, pass me that football, Mr. Jones. We just can't get enough of the Counting Crows references. Those are going to be all over the place when the Steelers play a guy with the last name Jones. But I'll echo that, everything that you guys said on that. That was my turning point in my postgame commentary. Uh, and I'll definitely note of that. But I'll also bring up one that we haven't really touched on. And Donnie kind of touched on it at the end of his point there. But the two-minute drill by Ben Roethlisberger in the offense at the end of the first half was a really significant part of the game too. He made a couple of good throws on that and talked about James Washington's touchdown catch a little bit throughout the podcast episode here, but that is definitely uh, a drive that needs to be of note as well. Uh, with that said, let's turn over to, and I'm assuming this is going to be the same for three or four of us, being uh, that what was on the post game commentary on the website, but player of the game, uh, who is it and why? Yeah, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, you can make an argument for a few guys. Benny Snell definitely is one. I'd say Bud Dupree is another one that would have been deserving of a game ball. Uh, but I definitely give it to Juju. Two touchdown catches, did some great blocking on James Washington's touchdown reception at the end of the first half. Had his head on the swivel and recovering Benny Snell's fumble, which could have potentially been a big blow to the Steelers had the Giants recovered that. Um but, yeah, when Juju is at his best, he can do a lot more for a football team than just catch passes. He's a complete player. He's drawing comparisons to Heinz Ward. How valid that comp will end up being remains to be seen. But in any case, to open up the season, you saw all facets of the player that Juju Smith-Schuster can be. And for whatever anybody wants to say about uh, what he does off the field uh, with social media, if he can walk the walk, I don't think anybody will mind and then he walked the walk tonight. Yeah, I think that's his biggest issue is being able to walk the walk, and he did. And if he can continue to do so, Joe, I'm in the same boat. Um, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, um, if the experts and everybody else had to pick a player of the game, I think he's it. But mine, and I put it up uh, in the commentary, uh, in my commentary on the website, I chose Benny Snell. Uh, and for that reason, because I thought that he ran the ball very well, uh, he put his head down and got some extra yards and big plays. And I, I think 115 or 116 yards on Monday night. That's the first 100-yard rusher the Steelers have had in a game since week eight of last year against the Miami Dolphins. Um, by technicality speaking, it is. I think Benny Snow had 98 against the Browns. Uh, a week, Yeah, he did on week 13 last year. But you go back and look at these box scores from last year. Uh, to recap the last three games, the Steelers had 91, 75, and 51 from week 17, 16, and 15, respectfully, in total team rushing yards. That won't win you many football games. And while we saw a good Ben Roethlisberger tonight, and I think he is back, uh, he's still 38 years old. You're going to need your guys, especially in the running game, to be able to step up and win you first downs and be able to pick up four or five yards and cut down in distances in half. Benny Snell did that tonight, and that's why he's my player of the game. Yeah, I went with Juju. Uh, and I went with him for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, one, two touchdowns receiving out of Ben's three passing touchdowns. And he got a lot of criticism in the offseason. Some of it warranted, uh, you know, that he may not be 100% focused on the game. You know, he, he's not a number one receiver, uh, not a complete player. Uh, but he had number one 
numbers tonight. You know, you don't have to look like Antonio Brown did uh, every single week, but he had six catches, almost 70 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I would take that every single uh, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday uh, from Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm going to go with him. Benny Snell was a close second, though, for me to step up as the number two back and go for over 100 yards. Uh, that's just getting the job done. Yeah, I think a couple different players had great nights on, on the defensive side of the ball. T.J. Watt, like Jack said earlier, not necessarily rushing the quarterback, but he had the pick uh, and a couple of QB hits. Uh, Bud Dupree had a really good day. Obviously, his play on that 19th play of the drive was huge. Uh, Steven Nelson, maybe not so great as per usual was the case last year, but Devin Bush was great. Uh, but I, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster for a lot of the reasons that Joe and Donnie have already mentioned, and I won't elaborate too much, but I just think the guy got a lot of unwarranted criticism and the guy got a lot of warranted criticism. I don't give a damn if he goes out and parties, <laughs> if he's going to do that every week. Um, and if he's posting TikToks from his hotel room and jumping on the bed and doing stupid shit the entire time, I don't really care. Okay, that was weird. Not, not to cut you off, that was just I'm weird. Not, I'm not saying it wasn't weird. <laughs> I'm just saying he can do that all he wants if he's going to go out and put six for 69 and two scores every week, and I don't expect that every week. Uh, but that's certainly something uh, that I look forward to from him. Like I said on the Steelers preview, he has not had a bad season when he has had Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback, and hopefully that stays the same this year because I think it leads to a lot more Steelers wins if Juju and James Conner and insert other receivers and skill guys here are a lot better than they were last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that is it for Episode 16 of the Come On Network podcast and our first Steelers reaction episode of the 2020 season. By the way, that makes Mike Tomlin and the Steelers 16-2 and on Monday Night Football under Coach T, and they have won their last nine in a row on Monday nights as well. That is something that we needed to note. You can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get and consume your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or another. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N, Network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K on Twitter, I-G, you can also find us on the web, comeon.network. There you can find blog stories like our Steelers post-game commentary, features, columns, hot takes, the podcast episodes. You can learn more about our team and much more, including merch that is coming soon. And of course, as always, the Come On Network podcast is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor does everything for you and they'll do it for free. You can create and record your podcast live from the app or upload a pre-existing recording and Anchor will post and distribute it for you, as well as even match you with potential sponsors. Visit Anchor by downloading the Anchor app on iTunes or Google Play or by going to anchor.fm. Fridays this season, we will be releasing Steelers preview episodes that will give you a full primer on that week's upcoming contest. We'll be bringing in expert guests for those episodes is our hope as well. So our first one for that is exclusively a game preview on Friday that will drop before you wake up and prep for the Denver Broncos at Heinz Field and the home opener next week at 1 p.m. That'll put a bow on today's episode in the win in the Meadowlands. So until next time, stay safe, go Steelers, and come on.